Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to Stranger Things Have Happened. I'm Amanda, with me as always is Joel. I think that was a Wayne's World reference I just did by accident, but here we are. I want to thank everybody for listening to our first podcast. It was awesome. We appreciate you. I hope you're sticking around for this one. Absolutely. Keep coming back. (laughs) Where I am going to tell you a crazy story that will uh, blast your brain out your ear holes like I promised last week. So, please get ready to strap the motherfuck in and get ready because the story is going to take you on a ride. Yeah, you said last week, and I don't know who it is. Um, who, who, who is this on? So, we are going to start with talking about Sharon Marshall. She was born in September 1969, and this story starts in approximately 1986, or we start... I will start the story in 1986, where she was a senior in high school in Forest Park High School in Georgia. She was a lieutenant colonel in the JROTC, which is different from the ROTC. Uh, She had received a full scholarship to the Georgia Institute of Technology, where she wanted to study engineering and work for NASA. So she seemed like she had her life together, and she was going great and wonderful places. However, things were not going to turn out that way. First of all, she was actually pregnant in the last few months of high school. She elected not to tell the father, and instead gave the baby up for adoption to a wealthy Texas couple, and then decided to move to Tampa, Florida, with another man she was seeing, whose name was Franklin Delano Floyd. He was older than her by 26 years, totally not a red flag at all, and was generally employed as a painter, but rarely worked due to back issues. So he and Sharon lived off of welfare, and he encouraged her to become a stripper. Uh, It is my understanding that we don't use the word stripper anymore. I think we use sex worker now, but that is the type of sex worker she was. She worked in a club. All right off on a small tangent here i'd rather be preferred called a stripper than a sex worker because sex worker implies like 30 out of thousand titles i mean yeah i know sex worker is kind of vague and there's many different types i don't know so anyway i don't know it's i guess it's it's by your opinion i don't mean to be offensive at all when i say stripper strippers are great no problem with strippers but she was a stripper she worked in the club other ladies in 1988 she got pregnant again and had a son, which she and Franklin kept and raised. His name was Michael. So while at the club in Florida, in Tampa, she was well-liked by her co-workers. They all found her lovely and sweet. And she had made a particular bond with another co-worker, Cheryl, who was 18 at the time. Cheryl and Sharon, I know, I know, stay with me here. It is said that Cheryl, Frank, and Sharon would hang out together outside of work, including on Frank's boat. How Frank could afford a boat on welfare, I do not know. That's none of my business. It was the stripper tips. Come on. Stripper tips. Uh, I have heard it told both ways that Frank and Cheryl were sleeping together. Uh, I've also heard it said that he just came on to her and she soundly rejected him. I'm not really sure which is the truth. Either way, they got on a huge fight on said boat where Cheryl, in fact, literally jumped off of the boat to escape his rage. He was known to have a very bad temper. Cheryl 
retaliated by informing social services that Sharon had, in fact, been lying about her income in order to get welfare. So she was now no longer eligible to receive welfare or Medicaid after this point. When Frank found out, he was pissed, to say the least, and showed up at the club to confront her and also contacted a co-worker of both Cheryl and Sharon to get Cheryl's address, where she lived with her parents and brother, saying he would get her and make her pay for hurting his family. There was such a fight at the club that another co-worker was actually concerned because Frank was known to have a temper and this was as angry as she had ever seen him and obviously was very scared. I don't blame her. Men with tempers are terrifying. So on the first week of April in 1989, Cheryl packed a bag saying that she was spending the night with a friend and would call her family in the morning because remember she lived with them and she never called. Her car was discovered abandoned at the St. Petersburg Clearwater Airport on May 15th where it had been parked since April 7th. She was obviously considered a missing person and Frank was a person of interest. Can't imagine why. So not long after Cheryl went missing, like literally probably that week, Frank asked a neighbor to mow the lawn and get their mail as he and Sharon and baby Michael would be going on vacation and then they would be back on June 15th. On June 16th, the trailer burned to the ground, as one does. Sharon and Frank never returned to Florida and instead moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, with a brief pit stop in New Orleans to get married. Which is actually not a bad place to get married in. But brief pit stop in New Orleans, got married, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they lived in a motel under different names. So there are a lot of aliases here. Um, I generally refer to them as their names otherwise we would have no idea what we were talking about. So in Oklahoma, Sharon started stripping again because Frank said so and again was very well liked by her co-workers. Frank, not so much as they saw him as controlling and a scary man with a temper and they knew that Sharon was forced to give him all of her money every night because that's a normal thing to do. Sharon had also, possibly, maybe, met a man in the club. He was planning on leaving Frank to be with him. I hope so. I really do. I have high hopes for you. But, unfortunately, that was not going to happen. April 25th, 1990, that's about a year after she moved to Oklahoma with Frank. She was found convulsing on the side of the road just after midnight, the, apparent, the victim of an apparent hit and run. Uh, Frank, by the way, said that he was asleep in the motel, and that was his alibi. He also didn't show up to the hospital until the next day. Not suspicious at all. She was taken to a nearby hospital by three witnesses, where the doctors were extremely suspicious about her injuries, as they were not consistent with a hit and run, but more like blunt force trauma. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, she was visited by her friends and co-workers from the club, but Frank put a stop to that because, of course, and would allow no visitors except for him. The girls, when they were able to visit her, said that she was doing well and they expected her to wake up soon. Seemed like she would make a recovery, but five days later, she ended up dying of her injuries without ever regaining consciousness. Uh, the doctors considered it so suspicious that they put homicide under the cause of death. 
and the co-workers, not Frank, by the way, the co-workers paid for a funeral and a headstone for her because Frank just didn't want to do that. He did, however, want to collect on an $80,000 life insurance policy that he'd taken out on her, like, three months ago. Again, not suspicious at all. Why would we be suspicious? But Frank, who, remember, is using an alias at this time. Don't ask me what it was. I don't remember. He used, like, 15 aliases. Since he had to use his real name and real social security number to collect that $80,000, he instead decided to go on the run because he was a person of interest uh, in both his wife's death and also the missing Cheryl Camesso. So he just skipped town and left the baby, poor baby Michael, to be a ward of the state. Uh, he was two at the time, and he was not doing great. He was nonverbal. He was not walking. He seemed extremely traumatized when his foster parents adopted him or took him in. But he did very well with them and seemed to be growing and thriving. He stayed with them for about four years, and they were beginning to do the adoption process at that time. Frank is just fucked off for those four years. He eventually came back and discovered that they were going to adopt Michael. And he was like, no, because Frank always gets what he wants, no matter what. And he attempted to regain custody and block that adoption. But it was denied as it was found that Frank was not, in fact, the biological father of Michael. I don't know who was, but fuck you, Frank. It wasn't you. Thank goodness. Like, jeez. <laughs> right. So this is now we're now in 1994. Michael is now six. He's been living with that wonderful foster couple for four years. Doing great. In first grade. Adorable child, may I add. On September 12th, 1994, Frank went into Michael's elementary school in Oklahoma. I didn't mention that before. He's in Oklahoma now. Or I guess he stayed in Oklahoma. It would make sense. But Frank went into Michael's elementary school with a gun. And demanded the principal, James Davis, to take him to Michael's classroom. He then forced the principal and Michael into James's truck at gunpoint and drove some distance away to a wooded area where he handcuffed the, handcuffed the principal to a tree and left him there. He was found a few hours later unharmed, but Frank and the child were gone with the truck. Just took this man's truck, as you do. Two months later... That's two whole months later. Frank was found working as a car salesman in Kentucky without the baby. He gave a lot of different stories about where the boy was, including in a foreign country with a friend. But he was, in fact, arrested and convicted on kidnapping charges, which gave him a beautiful 52 years in prison. Fabulous. Uh, it was in about 2016 when he finally admitted to killing Michael. But there have been no remains or any evidence found. Until then, he had given a myriad of different stories about where Michael was or what had happened to him. But it is generally believed that that poor baby is dead. Which sucks. Frank. Asshole. In March of 1995, skeletal remains were found along Interstate 275 down in Florida by a construction worker. There were items around the body, including clothes, fake fingernails, and a bit of a hair weave. And the remains were later discovered to be, in fact, Cheryl Camesso, our friend from earlier. 
went missing. But no. In fact, the medical examiner concluded the cause of death was two bullet wounds to the back of the head. The right cheekbone had also been fractured prior to death by blunt force trauma. I can't imagine how. Frank, what did you do? <laughs> also in March 1995, which was a fantastic time for Frank, not really, uh, a mechanic in Kansas purchased a used truck at auction. While he was going through the truck to check it out and see if it needed to be fixed in any way, he found an envelope containing 97 extremely lewd and graphic and disgusting pictures that had, in fact, belonged to Frank. Some of them are children. That one was not naked. Uh, just provocatively posed. Uh, a neighbor of the trailer that he lived in with Sharon in Florida. Uh, Sixteen of them were, in fact, of Cheryl Camesso, who in some of them was bound and blindfolded and... Uh, also, a handful of close-ups of her genitalia, because that's a thing. Many of the pictures were recognizably Frank and Sharon's trailer in Florida, including, you know, furniture, wallpaper, backgrounds, things like that. And in 2001, was tried and convicted of the murder of Cheryl Camesso and sentenced to death. At this time, he is actually still alive and on death row. Good. Needs to be. He should be dead by now, but here we are. All right, so it was Shannon? Sharon. Sharon. So Sharon. Yes. And Cheryl. And Cheryl, I know. I uh, know. This sucks. Uh, so Frank ended up killing Cheryl. Yes. And then dumped her body uh, off the side of the interstate. Why it took them that long to find her, I'm not sure, but they did. Well, I mean, her car was at the airport. Her car was at the airport, yes. So, well, I guess the forensics wouldn't have been there to check right. for fingerprints at the time, so. Well. Because he's probably the one that drove it to the airport. Yeah, probably, or he could have wiped the fingerprints off. They probably weren't thinking about it. I mean, fingerprints and all that really well, wasn't in the 90s, huge. they had fingerprints in the 90s. Was that the 90s? Yeah. I thought that was in the 80s. Well, it was like late 80s, early 90s. Okay. I mean, yeah. I guess. Yeah. She died in 1989, so they would have had fingerprints, but he could have wiped them or, you know, again, he was using different names, so. Right. They wouldn't have necessarily had the fingerprints to the right name. So now he's on death row. So right now, as of this moment in 2022, he is on death row. Alrighty. At least he's on death row. I guess. Throw that heckin' man out of a window. You think that's the end of the story? No. That is absolutely not the end of the story. That is the beginning of the story. What? I feel like There's N more? I feel like NPR. <laughs> but wait, there's but more. Wait. Now I'm going to tell you the story from the beginning. And this starts with Franklin Delano Floyd. So we're starting with the killer. Yeah. We're starting Kidnapper. Over. We're starting at the beginning with him. Alrighty. Alright. He was born June 17, 1943, the youngest of five siblings. His father died when he was young due to uh, organ failure uh, because of alcoholism. And his mother was forced to give him and his siblings to a religious children's home nearby where it was said that Frank had a bad time. He was bullied 
molested by the older boys, and harshly punished by the staff for pretty much everything that was possible. He ended up running away from the children's home as a teenager and tried to join the army, but was expelled when they found out he was only 16. All right. On February 19th, 1960, at age 16, he broke into a Sears department store in California to steal a gun. Apparently, they sold guns in Sears. Go figure. In the 60s, though, they probably sold guns everywhere in the 60s. Anyway, the police responded, and there was a minor shootout where Floyd was shot in the stomach, but survived, obviously, following emergency surgery. He survived following emergency surgery. After recovery, he was sent to a youth institution and then was arrested for violating his parole in 1961 by going to Canada for a fishing trip, as one does. In 1962, he found a job at the Atlanta International Airport, and then a month later abducted a four-year-old girl from a bowling alley and attempted to molest her in the nearby woods. He was, in fact, convicted of kidnapping and child molestation and was sentenced... 10 to 20 years at the Georgia State Prison and was moved to a state hospital for psychiatric testing where I would like to say he was shown to have a lot of mental issues although that mental issues you know do not um, murderer kidnapper make in 1963 he managed to escape prison and robbed six thousand dollars from a bank and then was convicted of the robbery obviously recaptured and then sent to the Federal Reformatory in Chillicothe, Ohio. Fantastic. He tried to escape again and then was sent to Pennsylvania. This man just did a whole ass tour of the prison system. Uh, Pennsylvania was not kind to him, where he was um, abused by other inmates, where he climbed the roof and threatened to commit suicide. Then they sent him to another one in Illinois. And then they sent him back to Georgia. <laughs> See, this man, this man did a whole tour. In November 1972, he was released from prison and sent to a halfway house where he stayed for a couple of months. Literally one week after he was released from the halfway house, he approached a woman at a gas station and forced her into his car where he attempted to sexually assault her. But she managed to escape and Floyd, idiot, was arrested again. A friend of his that he had known in prison uh, posted his bond and... He dipped. Uh, he had court uh, June 11, 1973. Did not show up. Warrant was issued for his arrest. So we are now in 1973, where this man has done a whole ass tour of the prison system, doing a great time. Alright, so he's violated the shit out of his parole and moved to North Carolina, where he met a woman named Sandy Chipman. Now, Sandy was recently divorced with four kids under the age of five. The older three were girls, and there was a baby boy, about one. It is said that he met her at a North Carolina truck stop, which is weird. But, yes. Mother of four. The eldest, a daughter, Suzanne, born in 1969. The two middle were daughters, born in 1971 and 1972. And then the baby, born in 1974. After only knowing each other for about a month, Floyd uh, somehow convinced her to marry him. God bless. Man must be convincing himself. And they were married for about a year. After 
After about that year, Sandy was sent to do a 30-day sit in jail for passing a bad check, which, honestly, is bullshit. Uh, after her 30 days were up, she returned home to discover that her home was empty and her husband and her children were gone. Frank had taken all four of her kids and just fucking lit out. The police said there was nothing that they could do because it was not technically a kidnapping because he was their legal stepfather and apparently it was fine. So they're like, I can't do nothing. Two of the kids, the two middle daughters, were found at a local social services agency. It wasn't actually until 2019, like three years ago. Remember, this is 1974 when this happened. In 2019, an adult man, I don't know if they said his name, but heard this story, realized the math checked out, and did a DNA test and found out he was the missing son of Sandy Chipman. In 2019, they found that out. But she never found her oldest daughter, Suzanne, and I'm assuming she never freaking found Frank again. Good riddance to bad rubbish. But wait, it wasn't until 2014 that the identity of Suzanne, eldest daughter of Sandy Chipman, who was married to Franklin Delano Floyd, who probably was going under another name at that time, it's actually revealed to be Sharon Marshall. Kidnapped her when she was four. Raised her, quote-unquote, as his daughter. While also molesting her the whole time. Remember those pictures of the truck? Some of those were for, were of her. From as early as four years old. Blech. And then when she got old enough, he married her. And they moved around and changed names whenever people started to get suspicious. I d- what? No. <laughs> Just, no. Yeah. No. Married her. Kidnapped her. Moved around. Right. She was the guy that she left town with. Right. They were actually living together the whole time, but... (laughs) So she got pregnant... By somebody else. By somebody else. We're not sure. It could have been by him. I'm pretty sure it was somebody else. But decided not to tell whoever. Right. Or maybe it was him. I don't know. But she was pregnant and she gave up the baby. She gave up the baby and then moved to Florida. Started stripping. Yep. Cause she was 18. Got pregnant again. Kept that baby. Not by him. But right. not by him. Right. Which was proven. Right. And then he ends up killing them both. Yep. He didn't kill Sandy. I don't know. He just left her. Thank God. But yes. He well, that, killed- was, that well, was Sandy. Well, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Cheryl. Cheryl, no. Well, Frank has well, never he... admitted, and there has never been any proof that he killed Sharon. He refuses to talk about it. I mean, I'm pretty sure he did at this point. I mean, you know, fuck's sake. Well, I don't know. Probably did. Probably did, but, I mean, if she's as messed up as he is now, she's probably out, could be out there, you know, with a different name, hopefully living a better life, but... What are you talking about? No, because he killed her. Sharon. Yes. His daughter wife. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay well, yeah. so you're getting me confused. Holy crap. Hold on. So, he killed Cheryl. Yes, he was convicted of killing her and is on death row for her murder. Yes. Right. He also killed Sharon. He has never admitted and there has been no proof that he has, although we all pretty much believe that he did. But Sharon is dead. Right, Sharon is dead because yes. she died in the hospital. She died in the hospital. And then he most likely killed 
The baby Michael. The yes. baby Michael. Yes. He said that he did. Right, but I mean, I there's guess no we, proof of it. That we've never found a body or anything like that. So he's killed three people. Maybe. Attacked Several one little others. girl. One little girl and another woman at a another truck woman. stop or a gas station, I think it said. Holy crap. Married a woman, took her kids, took all four of her kids. Married her daughter. Yeah. Rose raised... So, so raised her oldest daughter as his daughter while also molesting her and moving her around and changing her name. Like, literally, I just, every, and then killed her. Tried to, tried to kidnap the son. Um, I think he was trying to do the same thing to the son that he did to her. Like, just keep him and right. move around with him and whatnot. But I'm thinking it didn't really work out and that's why he killed him that's nuts yeah see i told you that's a it's a fucking journey no it's a fucking journey is what that it is. is a journey that that's <clears throat> so much going on there yeah it's just really sad but at least he's on death row i don't know how he's still alive i don't know i don't know hopefully he dies soon either by natural causes which is better than he deserves or Whatever they do for killing people legally these days. Right. And I think it's lethal injection. Yes, depending on what state you're in. Oh, did they, isn't it true they brought back the firing squad? Uh, kind of. I haven't heard anything official about it. Mm -hmm. Alright, so that's... That is the sad story of Sharon Marshall, also known as Suzanne Savakis. That's her real name. Really God. quite a shame. I don't know if it's the story of her, the story of Frank. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit of both. I mean, I feel bad for young Frank. It's a terrible situation to have to live in. I mean, it doesn't give you an excuse or the right to fucking kidnap people left and right. And No, but I mean, in, in, in a way, he did try to get out, yeah. but he was too young. Right. So... Like, I don't know what happened until he turned 18 to where he decided not to Yeah. Well, he was in jail. Reason. Oh, yeah. Can you go to the army if you've been in jail? You can. You can get waivers and whatnot, but, oh. I mean. Suddenly, like he just gave up on that and turned to a different type of life of crime. Right. <laughs> no offense to the army or anything. So... Thank you for joining us. I don't know what we're going to be doing next week. Um, if you guys know any cases that I should cover, I'd like to focus mainly on missing persons. But, uh, you know, with this case, I'll kind of just do whatever is interesting. Or, you know, we can go, like, super crazy and we could talk about, like, Dyatlov or the Mothman. Do right. love me some Mothman, not going to lie. Or just, you know, weird aliens. Man, you know, give me some alien cases. Love me some aliens, too. So how can they contact us? Oh, yes, we have an email address now. I forgot. Oh, my gosh. We have an email address. It is podcast at gmail.com. So that's Stranger Things Have Happened podcast. S-T-H-H-Podcast at gmail.com. So email us. You can just say hey or tell us that we suck. 
We're new with this. I'm new with this. I'm still learning. <laughs> or just to say, hey, you should look into this case. I'm sure there was a case I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. All right. I just remembered one I think I might do, but I can't remember anything about it. So, right. sorry. <laughs> but it was weird, and it was worth looking into some more. So. But other than that, or uh, you find out new information or something like that on a podcast that we've already done and would like to try to update it, we can do that as well. I guess until next time, stranger things have happened. <laughs> Later, nerds.